everyone. I'm Anita Lustria, and I want to welcome you to the podcast version of Mike Murphy's Friday Rumblings. For years, these have been a Facebook post each Friday. I decided these words were worth spreading to a wider audience and worth making accessible in another format that might be easier for some people. Full disclosure, Mike Murphy is my husband, and this was not his idea. In fact, I'm the narrator. Rob Bell says, everything is spiritual. You might listen to this podcast and say, wait a minute, sounds like there is some political content included. I would simply echo Rob Bell's words, everything is spiritual. Give the rumblings a listen and see if you agree, or maybe you'll disagree, but I guarantee it will be food for thought. Whether you agree or disagree, keep the conversation going. Also, if you want a print version of the rumblings, you can find it in the show notes or friend Mike on Facebook. Now, are you ready to rumble? Rumble one. Viktor Frankl survived the death camps of Nazi Germany. His little book, Man's Search for Meaning, is one of those life-changing books that everyone should read. Frankl once told the story of a woman who called him in the middle of the night to calmly inform him she was about to commit suicide. Frankl kept her on the phone and talked her through her depression, giving her reason after reason to carry on living. Finally, she promised she would not take her life, and she kept her word. When they later met, Frankl asked which reason had persuaded her to live. None of them, she told him. What then influenced her to go on living, he pressed. Her answer was simple. It was Frankl's willingness to listen to her in the middle of the night, a world in which there was someone ready to listen to another's pain seemed to her a world in which it was worthwhile to live. Often, it is not the brilliant argument that makes the difference. Sometimes, the small act of listening is the greatest gift we can give. English literature, a community. It's called the Ministry of Presence. We show up. We choose to listen. We speak words of concern. We search for understanding. We become a visible presence representing an invisible God. It's a good gig. Rumble 2. When our story is told a century from now, and it will be, detailing how much of the American church ran after idols and delusions, false Christs and conspiracies, history will not only fault the pastors for not confronting us with the truth, but the congregations who forbade them to. Beth Moore. I agree with her. I do pray, however, that the segment of the American church she describes will have a come-to-Jesus moment and shock us all when they say enough is enough, and then choose to reach high and into the heavens instead of going low and wallowing in the mud. Rumble 3. Immediately upon his burning bush experience, the voice Moses hears from the bush says, I have heard the groaning of my people in Egypt, and you are to go confront the Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go. The contemplative burning bush experience comes and immediately has social, economic, and political implications. 
There is no authentic God experience which does not situate us in the world in a different way and cause us to see things differently and act accordingly. Richard Rohr. The contemplative burning bush experience comes and immediately has social, economic, and political implications. Yes, it does. I know this to be true. Do you? Rumble 4. Delight has this wonderful way of sneaking up on us, surprising us in the moment. We smile and our hearts are filled with warmth and joy. Rumble 5. How then shall we live? That's one of the best questions I've ever pondered. Here's my best advice to myself. Today, give as much as you know of yourself to as much as you know of God. Pray with Francis of Assisi. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. If you find yourself on a well-traveled road, immediately start looking for the road less traveled. Rumble 6. About a year before we left Illinois, Anita and I joined a very diverse crowd marching in Chicago that was calling attention to tragic incidents involving young black men and law enforcement. We arrived a bit late on a wet and cold fall morning. We joined the flow of hundreds and hundreds of people heading down Michigan Avenue. Just ahead of us in the crowd was the Reverend Jesse Jackson, an icon of the civil rights movement. The respect the crowd showed him was stunning. They understood the role he played in the struggle for civil rights and the challenges he faced being a spokesperson for the movement. Jackson was always outspoken. He certainly knew how to get under people's skin. A whole lot of white folks I knew over the years made it quite clear that Jesse Jackson was not their cup of tea. I think it's because he made them uncomfortable by challenging them to deal with inconvenient truths. Reverend Jackson, now confined to a wheelchair, is retiring from the Rainbow Push Coalition, which served as a launch pad and home base for him over the years. It's time for that to happen, but I confess to more than a bit of sadness. Difference makers of his caliber don't come around all that often. President Biden said it well. Reverend Jackson was unafraid of the work to redeem the soul of the nation. Rumble 7. Einstein was once traveling from Princeton on a train when the conductor came down the aisle punching the tickets of every passenger. When he came to Einstein, 
Einstein reached in his vest pocket. He couldn't find his ticket, so he reached in his trouser pockets. It wasn't there. He looked in his briefcase, but couldn't find it. And then he looked in the seat beside him. He still couldn't find it. The conductor said, Dr. Einstein, I know who you are. We all know who you are. I'm sure you bought a ticket. Don't worry about it. Einstein nodded appreciatively. The conductor continued down the aisle, punching tickets. As he was ready to move to the next car, he turned around and saw the great physicist down on his hands and knees looking under his seat for his ticket. The conductor rushed back and said, Dr. Einstein, Dr. Einstein, don't worry. I know who you are. No problem. You don't need a ticket. I'm sure you bought one. Einstein looked at him and said, Young man, I too know who I am. What I don't know is where I'm going. Clearly, there's a fair amount of folks who don't have a clue about who they really are, and that's why they look so lost, sometimes painfully so. But there's a whole lot of folks who do know themselves and do know where they're headed. I like hanging out with them. Rumble 8. The challenge with our moral outrage is the incredibly inconsistent nature of it. A good portion of the evangelical world is silent on things that God is vociferous about in Scripture. Justice, the poor, hospitality for the immigrant, idolatry, etc. The irony about our outrage is what it potentially reveals about us. Rich Velotis, pastor of New Life Church, Elmhurst, Queens, New York. Rumble 9. It took many years of vomiting up all the filth I'd been taught about myself and half-believed before I was able to walk on the earth as though I had a right to be here. James Baldwin. Over the past four years, James Baldwin has been one of my teachers. It hurts to read his stuff. Too much truth, but it's essential reading. Rumble 10. The masses have never thirsted after truth. They turn aside from evidence that is not to their taste, preferring to deify error if error seduces them. Whoever can supply them with illusions is easily their master. Whoever attempts to destroy their illusions is always their victim. Gustave Le Bon. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? <laughs>